0: April 18th, 1906, an earthquake and fire destroy much of San Francisco, leading citizens to wonder whatever happened to predictability. All right, I I really want to, I want to bring the heat to the intro. Welcome to The Revisionists, I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. And hey, joining us uh, from isolation, like all of us, Matt Kobos, everyone.
1: What's up? Glad to see faces.
0: Yeah, good to good to see everyone. Good to not be touching everyone like always.
2: <laughs> Matt's name on this Zoom call, uh spoiler we're on a Zoom call, is not his real name but Kellen Shadow, which sounds like his D&D character. <laughs>
1: It was supposed to be a secret. I forgot to change it. Oh, Colleen
2: <laughs> Shadow. There's two E's. It's Colleen yeah. Shadow. Yeah, it's not even it, a real normal name. <laughs> well, I mean,
1: <laughs> it's my girlfriend, I so. Uh, <laughs>
2: I, I'm not saying it's just an unusual name. I don't know a lot of Colleens.
1: It is. I it forgot. does sound
2: very high fantasy to me. It sounds like Game of Thrones, like when they, make, they take Kellen or Kelly and they have to change it just a little bit. <laughs> like that's the Game of Thrones version.
0: Yeah, when George R. R. Martin just like he usually does, just throw like an extra vowel in yeah. there. He's just like, "fuck it." Yeah,
2: yeah he changes one vowel. It's like Joffrey. We did it. Job <laughs> done.
0: George, eight hundred pages of buffets to write about.
2: okay Yeah, exactly. He's got to do. He, I mean, you know, if he's going to finish the book. Take some shortcuts on the names. That's fine. <laughs> Eddard, great. You changed one consonant. I'm fine with it. Just finish the goddamn book.
0: Why is everyone named Steve in The Winds of Winter?
2: <laughs> it's Step of... He just replaced the V with a P and it's unpronounceable now. <laughs> Steve. Yeah.
0: Well, listeners, if you're new to the show, uh, what we do each episode is we shit on George R.R.
2: R. Martin, who's working hard. Yeah. Well, to... when he finishes the book, we'll give him a break. <laughs> give us the wins and winners and you'll get George R.R. Martin is off the list for one week at that point.
0: <laughs> There's still a whole other book after
1: that, too. I so. I know. So um, he
2: gets a little time. He has one year to write the last one and then he's back on the shit list. Well,
1: yeah, doesn't the R R stand for rest and relaxation? Yeah. Yeah, George rest and relaxation, Martin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh look, fucking R. L. Stein put out four goosebumps a year. Like at this point, yeah. you're over you are
2: you're, yeah. you're under the bar. He put out a way more than four a year. But really? um I thought it was like yeah, a spring, he put out one fall. like No, every month he put out a Goosebumps book. There was a, wait, those were monthly? Those were monthly. Damn. I thought they were quarterly. No, every yeah. month he put out a Goosebumps book. Okay, shit.
0: Maybe I'm thinking of Fear Street.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I think he did those. Those might have been quarterly, but I think they might have been monthly too. That man was pumping shit out. Granted, those books were like 60 pages and had yeah. big fun. <laughs> And clearly, he didn't like if you read them as an adult, it's like, oh, he didn't think about this at all. (laughs) But still, I mean, he also did
0: like four Lawn Gnomes books. So at a certain point, yes, he was incorrect. He did
2: one Lawn Gnomes book. It's number 34 Revenge of the Lawn Gnomes. I still kind of remember all of the Goosebumps and their numbers from when I was a kid. I really liked Goosebumps. That's impressive. But thought there were more Lawn Gnome
0: ones. What am, I, am I thinking of the
2: Ventriloquist? There are, yeah, at least four of those. I did, there's some later series where they bring back characters. In the yeah. original series, I think there's three. Like right the canonical
0: episode. red and blue version Goosebumps.
2: Yeah. yeah, well, they were different colors every month, but yes. <laughs>
0: um,
2: <laughs>
0: what we actually do on the show is, is each episode, we take a topic from history, like uh, R.L. Stein's Goosebump series. Mm-hmm. And one person presents the true story of that person, place, or thing. And another person comes up with a batshit, uh, bonkers, off-the-wall, crazy pants, alternate history. Uh, and the winner gets to become the truth. Going forward of this little crazy thing called life. Uh, last Brian, time, what
2: did we talk about last time? <laughs> I was already saying it. <laughs> I'm just trying to give you an a lead no, in, I, you know.
0: I like the prompt. Yeah. Um trying last to make time this we more talked organic. about Sputnik with uh Rachel Weeks and the alternate history uh has one which was basically not even basically it was just the Iron Giant uh at, at a certain point.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um and I still cry thinking about it. Um. Uh, <laughs> But this week, uh, we're continuing our discussion of the space race uh, by talking about Yuri Gagarin. And Zach, you're doing the true story, right?
2: That's true. I am doing the true story. (laughs) 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 You say
0: it like a serial killer who's ensnared me in his trap. (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh yeah um and then matt you were doing
0: the alternate so
2: what i haven't told you is this. this is a magic story and whoever i tell it to will die three days later so
0: <laughs> oh so it's the ring it's basically yeah it's a an oral riff.
2: version of the ring yeah
0: yeah the ring riffs that chased frodo yeah. throughout the it's order. what the
2: ring was like in the 1800s before they had vhs's is. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: I think that was just life in the 1800s.
2: Yeah, something would like most of the time you were expected to die in three days because they didn't have medicine.
0: <laughs> um, but, Zach, whenever you're ready, take it away.
2: Okay. Uh, Yuri Gagarin was born on March 9th, 1934 uh, in Klushino, which is near... Uh, It's going to be a Russian one, guys. So (laughs) we got some Russian words coming at you that are not going to be pronounced correctly. (laughs) (laughs) Gizhaztak?
0: Nope, I don't know. I don't know, and I know it's not that.
2: It's G-Z-H-A-S-T-A-K? Fuck off. (laughs) Russia, fuck
0: off. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Uh, That town, thankfully, rightfully... Uh, changed its name to Gagarin after Yuri Gagarin's death because the first name was shit and everyone realized it. Um, for some reason,
0: I thought you were going to say what that town was rightfully destroyed.
2: I almost did, but technically that's not accurate and I'm supposed to be telling you all the yeah, truth. True. Um, his parents worked uh, in a collective farm uh, as a carpenter for his father and a dairy farmer for his mother. Uh, he was the third of four children. Uh, Older brother, older sister, younger brother, I believe. Um, His childhood was not all uh, the idyllic version of uh, a Russian collective Soviet farm in the 30s. (laughs) Like, I'm sure that makes you think his childhood was light. Um, But it was not all, uh, you know, shared cattle and uh, rationed wheat. It was, uh, during World War II, uh, his town was occupied by, who could it be but the Nazis. (laughs) Um, Coming at you. Yeah. And uh, a German officer was like, your house is nice, it's mine now. So he and his family lived in a 10 foot by 10 foot mud hut behind the house for 21 months while a Nazi officer Lived in their home. Uh, then his two older sis, uh, siblings were sent to Poland in 1943 uh, to perform slave labor and came back after the war ended. Fortunately, they did not die, so that's a small mercy. Um,
0: Sorry, sent by which side? Just out of curiosity. By the Nazis to Poland.
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: yeah. By the family. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no.
2: <laughs> I mean,. <laughs> so brian in world war ii poland was occupied by the nazis in case you missed that little bit of information oh, 1943 you said yeah uh, they were sent in 1943 did i say 40 they were sent from 43 uh, I, to 45. I just misheard yeah 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 from 43 to 45 they were sent to do slave labor in poland
0: but also to be fair stalin
2: yeah stalin would totally do that too to be fair yes uh <laughs> Though Stalin did not, as far as I could tell, send any member of this man's family to do slave labor. So at least they had that
0: yep, going. Big forward. up Stalin.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the slogan of this show, of course. Big no, up that Stalin. that is not our slogan. Yeah. Every episode, we try to make sure we give Stalin some ups for... You. Most episodes, no one in the story was personally victimized by Stalin. Like, it's pretty rare. <laughs>
0: In yeah. No, no we still have 20 million episodes to get to
2: yeah no so like last week we talked about sputnik probably somebody in that was victimized by stalin yeah but uh the episode before the hidden figures lady i don't think stalin ever did anything to her <laughs>
0: <laughs> so big up you, you stalin. sound like fucking stalin's press secretary uh, on cnn
2: yeah so uh regardless of stalin's Alleged guilt.
0: Um, um, okay, fine. <laughs> We're going to toss that alleged around.
2: Uh, uh, Gagarin went on to apprentice as a foundryman uh, in 1950, and at the same time enrolled in seventh grade evening classes uh, to finally get his seventh grade ed- education. He passed seventh grade and his vocational school uh, a year later when he was age 17. I know 17 is an... Old age to pass seventh grade. But again, I want to remind you, this man lived in a mud hut because of (laughs) Nazis, which is a pretty good excuse. Um, uh, He was selected for the Saratov uh, Industrial Technical School uh, and studied tractors there, uh, while also learning to fly biplanes. And to supplement his income, he worked on the docks. The thing about Gagarin is he seems like a real go-getter. He's always doing like three or four different things at the same time, like working non-stop. I think this guy's very, very diligent.
0: Mm-hmm. He also majored in tractors.
2: Yeah, he studied <laughs> okay. tractors. That's what it said. I didn't yeah, look no, I, I,
0: I know, It just I, the, as a concept.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot to learn about tractors. The things I don't know about tractors could go on for days, I'm sure. <laughs>
1: Well, and also he was in seventh grade. Do you know how many seventh grade boys want to major in tractors? Oh, fuck quite that. a
2: few. That's true. Yeah. So well, that's...
1: by
0: seventh grade, I mean, I think by seventh grade they've mostly moved on to butts.
2: Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, yeah, he also learned to draw that Stuicy S at this time. <laughs> um
1: so sick. Yeah, pretty pretty
2: awesome. He was talking about getting it put on his board, but he never did. <laughs> <laughs> Just um, working
0: the tech deck constantly. <laughs> uh
2: so he goes on to the first Ch- Tchaikovsky Tchaikovsky Flight Air Force Pilot School, first Tchaikovsky Air Flight Air Force Pilot School, or the FCHAFPS, (laughs) F-Chumps, as it's known. Uh, And he's learned where he learns to fly MIGs. Um, He struggled initially with landing the MIGs, which are larger planes than he was used to. Um, But and he was almost dismissed from the school, but then his instructor gave him a cushion to sit on so that he could actually see <laughs> a little better when landing the Migs, and he was able to do it. So, yeah, short little uh, Gagarin, you know, finally got a little cushion under his butt and <laughs> could land the MIG.
0: Sometimes that's what you need as a person who is
2: 5'6". Oh, you he... He wishes the weakness of his short height will not be, this will not be the last time his height is a factor in his life. He was (laughs) five foot two.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I feel you. I was five foot two once too, you know,
2: in seventh grade. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So he begins solo flying in 1957. Uh, he gets into the Soviet air force. He becomes a Lieutenant and serves near the Norwegian border for a couple of years. Um, and he has an interest in space. So he's, he applies for the Soviet space program and is endorsed by, uh, his superior Lieutenant, Col- uh, Lieutenant Colonel Babushkin, which is just a fun name to say. He has no further role in the story.
0: <laughs> you gotta love that Babushkin.
2: Yeah. Uh, he interviews for the space program in November of 1959. Uh, and, uh, is approved for the Vostok, uh, program selection. Now Vostok was the program for the first ever manned, uh, flight into space. That mm-hmm. was what it was called. The word Vostok is going to come up a lot. So just so you know, that's what it is. Uh, which was overseen by major general Konstantin Borodin, uh, It had certain limitations. Uh, It limited candidates to between ages 25 and 30. And because the capsule was small, uh, all uh, candidates had to be under 5'7". So what was once his greatest weakness has become (laughs) his greatest asset. (laughs) Short boys unite. I am not a short boy, but go short boys. Thank you, You can go to space too. (laughs) SBs,
0: uh, uh, yeah. I'll see you at the conference. Yeah. My short kings.
2: <laughs> yes, short kings. That's the phrase I was looking for that's become popular recently on the internet. For some fucking for reason. For some reason. Yeah. Um, you can't get a date on Tinder, but you can be short kings.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, so, 20 people trained for the program starting in March of 1960. And it was pretty extreme training. It was like Olympic-level physical training every single day. Um, And they had to do like over 50 parachute drops over both land and water to train, you know. I mean, they're going to need to be able to use a parachute if they want to not die in this particular (laughs) program. So that was important. This is also, I think, the
0: first time... Anyone sending a living thing up in a rocket with the intention of getting
2: them back. Probably true. Yeah. They, they wanted, they had the novel idea of not killing the thing they sent into space. And Stalin was resistant at first. <laughs> Cause it wasn't his style. Yeah. Yeah. But after he uh, heard that the Americans wouldn't like it, he, uh, he gave it the old thumbs up. Actually by 1960, <laughs> Stalin was dead anyway. So who gives a shit? <laughs>
0: um,
2: So he asked, uh, oh yeah, let me find out where it was. Uh, Oh, right. So all of the people in the program, the 20 people, uh, were given an anonymous uh, survey to see which pilot, besides themselves, should be nominated for this position on Vostok. And all but three said Gagarin was the guy that should go. Uh, So he was pretty well liked by his co you know, his classmates, I guess you might call them. He was extremely hardworking and I think a generally pretty nice guy. So yeah, that going for him. He had to be a short king. Um, He was chosen to be one of the Vanguard six, which is the top six attendants. Sorry, I cut you off there, Brian.
0: No, that's, I just want to say, I know I introduced that phrase into the podcast. I don't care for it.
2: Yeah, well I just we're want titling. On record. We are titling this episode Yuri Gagarin, comma, short king. That's <laughs> going to happen. So at the very least, it better be in the episode description. Sure. I'm making the call right now. Short <laughs> Yuri quote short king Gagarin. I'll I'll make a note <laughs> to put it
0: in there. uh
2: uh-huh. Um so you qualified for the top six. Uh and His uh, training continued. He did not have a higher degree of education, which they wanted for this particular person, so he was enrolled in uh, uh, the Karkovsky, something Kovsky, Air Force (laughs) Engineering Academy as part of his training.
0: (laughs) That's a safe bet with any of these.
2: Yeah. Also, part of that's on the spelling and part of that's on my handwriting on this one, I'm going to be honest (laughs) I think it's Rukovsky, actually. I think that's an R. Uh, Anyway, he enrolled September of 1960. Uh, He didn't get his diploma until 1968, which would be after the big thing that happens happened to him. (laughs) But uh, he was a busy guy. So what are you going to do? He was tested for, uh, as part of the six, he was tested for his endurance. He was tested for oxygen starvation. And put in a centrifugal uh, chamber for G-force endurance. Um, he was also sent uh, into an isolation chamber for ten full days to see if, for a psychological evaluation, to see how he could handle isolation. His personality was very highly praised by the doctors performing these tests. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said he was driven, that he was, you know, smart, that he was good with math and numbers, uh, all of these things. They also said, "quote." he appears to understand life better than his friends, which is a weird... <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a very Russian thing to say.
2: Yeah, so... If Tommy Wiseau, as Tommy Wiseau said, do you understand life? This guy? <laughs> <would> say yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're probably piecing together more of his backstory, too.
2: After the final testing phase, which was a two-day test to see if they understood the procedure for running the capsule and re-entry and all that... Um, he was selected as the single most ready person for this project and was given the slot. And on April 12th of 1961, he was sent up into space on uh, Vostik, saying as he left, let's go, good go. Let's go. Goodbye. We will meet soon, dear friends. And let's go. And in it's informal version became a popular Russian space age expression uh, to sort of, you know, like bolster up national pride and stuff like that. Um, He orbits for 108 minutes, so the 10 days in the chamber wasn't really necessary, was it? <laughs> that was just a fun Soviet thing. Yeah, that was just for fun. Um, just for funzos. And then... Uh, just for
0: skis, I think, in
2: Russia. He becomes the first person in space, first person to orbit the Earth, and returns to Earth uh, in Kazakhstan. Yeah. So... Uh and he said as he re-entered the Earth's atmosphere, he sang the song The Motherland Hears, The Motherland Knows. So that's just a fun Russian thing that he did.
0: <laughs> Don't know what that song sounds like, but it sounds metal.
2: A it's bit. not. I listened to a little bit of it and it seems very like kind of sweet and calm. So no, yeah. <laughs> uh he's promoted to major. Uh, he parachuted out at seven thousand feet. I should noted uh, note and landed in Kazakhstan um, and he immediately becomes internationally famous. Um, there are huge demonstrations all over Russia that uh, are second only to the demonstrations that occurred after World War II was won in size, at least to that point in history
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and he starts touring uh like kind of the world pretty quickly after that, not just Russia. He goes to London a few weeks later. He goes to Cuba. He goes to Iceland. He goes to all sorts of different countries and uh, sort of tours. He always has an open car. Even when it was raining, he refused to use an umbrella so people could see him. And uh, yeah, he kind of goes all over the world except for the U.S. where JFK banned him from entry upon (laughs) him becoming famous. (laughs) So no Gagarin in the U.S. uh uh, he eventually goes to work at star city a cosmonaut facility in russia okay because it
0: also sounds like a roller rink
2: yeah or like yeah where superheroes meet in like a one of the shittier arcs of like marvel comics (laughs) um he's working on a team to design reusable spacecraft um and in 1962 he becomes he's elected a deputy for the USSR. He's eventually re-elected later. Um, uh, so there are concerns uh, from the higher ups about him flying again. Um, they don't want him to be killed in an accident because he's such an important figure for Russia at this time. Uh, there's also questions about him having potential drinking issues, though it seems to be mostly based on him going to so many events. Where he's socially inclined to drink, but it, it doesn't really come up much after this. It doesn't seem like he was like a, a, a full blown alcoholic at the very least, even if he maybe drank a little more than he should. Right. Um, so he does manage to become a backup like astronaut, cosmonaut for a few fa- uh, future uh, launches, though he never actually has to step up and fulfill that role. One of those is the Soyuz One, S O Y U S One, mm-hmm. which uh, was apparently a rushed space exploration. Uh, oh, good! Due to political pressure to get it up at a certain time frame, it's the space race. Part of it's the race, mm-hmm. um, and as a result, that uh, that uh, capsule uh, crashes, and his friend Vladimir, uh, what's his name, Komarov. Who uh, who Gagarin Gugger, uh, was good friends with is killed in the in the crash.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, after that, he's fully barred from ever doing a space flight ever again, and he's actually barred also from solo flight at all. Like he can't fly his own planes. He didn't like this, but the Russian government was like, "Yeah, you're too you're too important to yeah.
0: risk." I mean, even like propaganda wise, if they're like, "Oh, the first person in space." <laughs> then died in a later accident. Like the, the Soviets probably couldn't have that.
2: Yeah. This was the time when he started working on his degree. It actually finished his degree. I mentioned earlier. I, I wonder if he could
0: claim that as like credit or something yeah. like an internship.
2: <laughs> we got like three credit hours from that at least. Uh, before we get to the end of this story, I'm going to rewind slightly and get his personal life out of the way. Mhm. Uh, Back in 1957, before he went to space, he married uh, Valentin Goryacheva. And uh, he married her the same day he graduated flight school in 1957. They had two daughters who are still alive today and seem like one's an economics professor, and another one does something else that's fairly important. But they're alive today. They're living in Russia. Mm -hmm. Um, And There's a false attribution that he said in space, uh, I do not see God up here. In fact, he was genuinely religious. Khrushchev said something about that because they were pushing like an anti-religion, you know, (laughs) they were an anti-religion government. Um, uh, In 1961, here's a little fun one. Uh, After, on his tours uh, at a certain hotel, um, he was caught cheating with a nurse who had been helping him by his wife. And in order to escape being found out, he jumped off a second-story balcony, uh, which left a scar above his left eyebrow for the rest of his life. <laughs> so well, there you go.
0: What you get? <laughs> I get
2: <it. laughs> This brings us to March 27th, 1968. This is about less than 40. He got his degree on February 17th, 1968. So it's you know only a little more than a month after um, and uh, a Gagarin and flight instructor. Uh, Val- Vladimir, uh, Sirojin, Syrogin? um, uh, are, go up together in a MiG and it crashes and kills them both. Mm. Um, there's a lot of conspiracies about what happened. Uh, the KGB takes over the investigation from the Air Force and basically shut them out. The report is classified until the year 2003, um, in which, uh, in which they determined what happened was probably the tower gave Gagarin and his co-pilot, the flight instructor, um, out of date, slightly out of date weather information. And the weather had gotten, precipitous, like, gotten worse very quickly. Mm. So they, didn't, they weren't able to get an accurate read on their altitude because they weren't like, synced up correctly, basically. Um, it's also possible that the ground crew may have stocked the aircraft somewhat incorrectly, less clear on that. But something happened. Uh, there's a couple options. Either they like hit some birds or had to turn very quickly to avoid another aircraft because they had a wrong altitude. Uh, there's somebody, uh, mm-hmm. who's, who claims that he thinks that they passed very close to him when they were up there, uh, which caused them to go into a spin because they had the wrong altitude. They didn't have the right techniques to like pull themselves out of the spin and they crashed and died. um, So there's obviously a lot of stuff in this guy's memory. Tons of coins, statues, medals, memorials. There's a holiday, um, April 12th, the day he went into space, that was originally like just a Russian holiday that culminated in something called Yuri's Night. Um, But in 2011...
0: That sounds sounds tight. In
2: 2011, um, the UN actually said... April 12th is Human Space Flight Day, so International Human Space Flight Day, so that's the day he went to space, so mm-hmm. now it's kind of technically a national holiday. Just passed, so we just missed it. Um,
0: I didn't even think about that.
2: Yeah. Uh, Apollo 11, uh, uh, Armstrong and Aldrin actually left a satchel on the moon that contained uh, medals commemorating him and his buddy uh, Komarov, who died in that capsule exp- uh, capsule crash i mentioned earlier so that's on the moon now
1: <laughs>
0: <Good> for him? <laughs> along with so much other stuff we brought up there it's just like yeah. there yeah
2: it's just there once you're yeah. on the moon you stay on the moon that's that's the moon's <laughs> tourist <catchphrase>.
0: yeah that's <laughs> where tour- vegas got the idea <laughs> yeah uh
2: so the space foundation in 2010 um Found, did a poll and found he was the sixth most popular space hero tied with Captain Kirk from Star Trek. What? Okay. So I guess fictional space heroes also are on the poll. Who, was Kirk
0: the highest ranking fictional space hero? No, he or was, was there tied. there someone above?
2: No, he was tied with Gagarin for six.
0: <laughs> no fictional.
2: <laughs> oh, I don't know. I didn't look at the poll. I should have. Okay. <laughs> I assume... I. Dude, he's definitely not the highest rated fictional one because no, because he's Name terrible. five space heroes besides real life space heroes. Name them right now. Uh, Bl-
0: Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, uh, Picard, Lika?
1: Cisco, Uh, Janeway.
2: Yeah. So he's not. There's got to be other fictional ones above him. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, number one is probably Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I'm sure like Luke Skywalker's on that shit. Um, So the family has mostly forbid his portrayal in fiction of any kind, though there was a 2013 docu-series in Russia about him. Uh, And they've also vetoed uh, the use of his likeness in a musical. So that didn't come out. uh, Um,
0: I would have, I would love to see like Lin-Manuel Miranda tackle the Yuri Gagarin musical. (laughs)
2: but that uh, is basically it you know that's the true story of Yuri Gagarin the first man to orbit the earth the first man in space
0: Zach thank you I found the list um Captain Kirk is ta is the highest ranking fictional character um so that's nice level top
2: five
0: yeah top five Neil Armstrong number one number two Gene Kranz Uh, Who was like mission control during Apollo 13? Um, John Young, who's Gemini Apollo space shuttle, never heard of him. So, Um, James Lovell, number four. John Glenn, number five. Um, Carl Sagan is eight. Um, There's no one, there's no other fictional. Elon Musk is 10. What the what? fuck is with this list?
2: Luke Skywalker's better than Elon Musk. Oh, everyone's
0: <laughs>
1: better than Elon Musk. <laughs> no Bruce Willis from Armageddon. <laughs>
2: hey, I'm going to say right now,
0: Picard's better than Kirk. So, yeah. <laughs> Picard's better than Kirk. Bruce Willis from Armageddon is certainly better than Elon Musk.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, uh, the I'm so, press- so mad. Uh, the president, any character from Independence Day. Goldblum, Smith, Pullman. Quaid. I'll take Quaid. The fucking Xenomorph is better than Elon Musk. <laughs> He's really more much of a an anti-hero. But... Yeah, much less Ripley who, you know, deserves <laughs> her spot.
0: Jason from Jason X. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leprechaun from Leprechaun Leprechaun space. went to space <laughs> Pinhead went to space Pizza the Hut yeah. uh, <laughs> I can not remember any fucking characters from Spaceballs Whatever, whichever
2: one of the Avengers went to space at the beginning of that last Bunch movie fucking Captain Marvel They cut <laughs> off Thanos' head, that's pretty good
0: <laughs> Zach, thank you Yeah, yeah Matt, whenever you're ready.
1: All right. Dude, first of all, like his life, just his life is so insane. <laughs> like, yeah. All that stuff that Zach just said happened in such a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. It was, I, I don't even know how the fuck he oh, got all yeah, he, Again, he, he was born in
2: 1934 and died in 1968. So he was about 34 years old.
1: <laughs> yes. So I've got
0: two years to get to space.
2: Yeah. Two years to get to space and have a Nazi live in your house for 21 months. <laughs>
1: <laughs> crazy yeah when i when i decided to do the fake one i was like of course i'll do the fake one and then i started reading his life and i was like his life is so fucking crazy how can a fake one beat it
0: <laughs> you just turn it into like a just a normal like seinfeld episode
1: yeah totally so but here's what we got here's what we came up with uh he, yeah he, again he was born in 1934 in a small town in russia uh his oh, parents oh,
2: oh, can uh, i just say this guy, yeah. Again, I mentioned this at the beginning, but I love that this guy's the level of famous that the town that he grew up in got renamed after him. Like that's the power play where you just <laughs> yeah, fucking, that's the move. That's the yeah, dream. That is the dream. Well, okay. kind
1: of. I'm from Aurora, Colorado. I don't want Aurora named to <laughs> fucking Colorado. <laughs> no,
0: I mean Zach and I both being from Littleton, I think would also we're in a similar boat. <laughs>
2: totally yes yes
0: uh, or unincorporated uh, jefferson county in my case yeah, no,
2: yeah in my case too yeah i'm in yeah. unincorporated yeah
1: that'd work better <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah he, he's born in 1934 in a small town in russia his parents uh actually his parents actually worked on airplanes just like the bachelor uh so you know he's fucking hot <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> His yeah
1: yeah, it's a real thing. <laughs> on the most recent recent Bachelor, we've had a lot of time on our hands. Uh, Fair. Yeah, his parents worked on airplanes. His dad was a pilot, and his mom was Amelia Earhart. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know. Well, so when you kind of say
0: worked it. on
2: airplanes, <laughs> the... <laughs> <So> uh, <laughs> when she can I clarify because. Yeah even though this contrasts with our uh, probably contrasts with the previous history. I don't care. We're going to ignore that. When Amelia Earhart disappeared, would you say that she went to her secret Russian family or was that unrelated? <laughs> uh,
1: we'll get to it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, he was, uh, like you said, he was the, th- uh, he was the third of four siblings, including one sister, uh, who she would go on to start the band, Pussy Riot. Mm. Um, his his sister would constantly torment him. She would always beat him up and like flick him in the dick, calling him uh, calling him the patriarchy over and over. Gary <laughs> um, was Gary was constantly picked up child's <laughs> idea of of satire.
2: I mean, I guess it's never too early to start tearing down the patriarchy. My my uh, my girlfriend Nanny's uh, like a four year old. I think it's good good for her to start reinforcing that he's the patriarchy.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she just felt strongly about these issues from an early age
2: <laughs> um,
1: yeah uh he was always picked on by his entire family for being small his grandma actually called him the runt of the family not because of his size but because she said his penis looked like one of those little banana runts God damn. Uh, i knew it was gonna be a runts joke <laughs> Do it, yes. And then in 1937, Yuri's mom, Amelia, she actually went out for a pack of cigarettes and went and (laughs) it drove Yuri nuts. He it drove him to start drinking, you know, at a very young age. Young, considered by Americans, but to the Russians, it was late. Which was just another thing his family would ridicule him for. So that Uh, would have
2: been. 1937 do you have the same was he still born in 1934 yeah so he was 3 or 4 years old
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. okay. yeah. yeah That's about right yeah and that's how his dad would make fun of him he would always be like it's kettle 1 not kettle 4 <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Yuri, every night he would dream about flying away from his mean family and his big clitted sister uh, <laughs> In in 1950, Yuri would pack up all of his Adidas tracksuits and run away to begin his journey becoming a pilot. But he got a very job. Russian. Yeah, 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 he's so Russian. Uh, he he got a job stripping at the at the mule knuckle five nights a week <laughs> to pay for flight school. After a year of slinging his runt, he went to the local flying club and found out that all he had to do was volunteer.
0: <laughs> I'm just gonna go past you tossed <laughs> off that phrase so casually, despite it being one of the single most horrifying things I've heard. Which one?
1: Slinging his run Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, totally. yeah, dude. I mean obviously
2: yeah. What else could it be? <laughs> It's not all he had to do was volunteer. Oh, was it this one?
0: That's who cackles like an evil wizard.
1: <laughs> I know. Well, I kind of am. Look at me. <laughs> um, yeah, Although so, you did
2: also say, I think, a big clitted sister. So that was a contender.
1: Yeah, was totally. Yeah. I missed that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that was his words, not mine. He he called his sister big clitted. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, so yeah, he was, ex- let's see, 40 years later in 1955, he was accepted to pilot school. During his final test, he was too short to f- to land the plane properly, like you said. Uh, so he gathered all of the empty Kettle One bottles, scratched CDs and loose change that had accumulated on the cockpit floor. And he piled them on the seat and sat on those. And uh, he was drunk as shit, but he passed his test.
2: Nice. Uh, <laughs>
1: In 1959, after flying around, uh, just like, he was just flying around all the time. And he was just listening to James Rogan. It was Joe Rogan's dad. And uh, (laughs) he started smoking DMT. And when he woke back up one time, he expressed his interest in exploring space, both inner and outer.
2: (laughs) So James Rogan, right, he was like, Trotsky should replace Stalin, but then when Trotsky left, he's like, well, I guess I'll just go with Stalin instead of <laughs> anything <anybody> else. <laughs>
1: Is that right? That's exactly what he said, dude. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right in between DMT rants. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so then he, yeah, so then he applied for the space program. He was, uh, He was accepted along with 30 other Russian dwarves. And they were put through rigorous testing and training to narrow it down to the three who would get on the Vostok 1. Uh, the testing included playing basketball on 10 foot hoops, uh, getting Grandpa Joe and Charlie down safely from the fizzy lifting drink, <laughs> and, and singing We Represent the Lollipop Guild from The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> All three of which Yuri nailed and w- got on the Vostok 1 uh the flight was launched on april 12 1961 entering earth's orbit for 108 minutes during which yuri was noted f- for saying i can see my sister's clit from up here oh my God. <laughs> double down on it okay <laughs> getting many laughs and making his co-pilot come it was a success <laughs> Uh, upon landing Yuri was instantly a national hero becoming more famous than everybody including the ice skating polar bear that the country adored
2: (laughs) (laughs) what was the polar bear's name can it be Babushkin
1: (laughs) yeah it could be Babushkin dude Lieutenant
2: Colonel Babushkin was an (laughs) ice skating polar bear I like this
1: (laughs) totally the leader of the army everything yeah (laughs) yeah um he also became internationally famous and traveled the world partying his tiny little ass off in more than 30 countries while drinking everyone under the table after a while the fame booze and dmt weren't enough so he wanted to go back to space but as the russians pointed out space was no place for a fat drunk oompa loompa and grounded him from flying of any kind
0: grounded him (laughs)
1: <laughs> he was determined to fly again, though, and Yuri got rehired. So he went back and got rehired at the Moose Knuckle, dancing on Monday mornings, and oh, Monday mornings—that's that's, it, that's,
2: that's a sure bad shift. You'd it's think for a, a national hero, they'd give him like the Saturday night slot, but nope.
1: <laughs> he was just too fat and sloppy at this. You
2: time. left. You got to start from the ground up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And he did. And so he started dancing on Monday mornings and enrolled himself in flight school again and he passed. And then on March 27th, 1968, just five weeks after graduating, Gagarin went on a routine flight with his instructor. During the flight, his instructor said that he thought Yuri's sister was hot. Yuri didn't take kindly to this and dove the plane directly into the ground, killing them both. (laughs) When they found the wreckage, they found Yuri's still Yuri's hands still with their middle fingers up towards his instructor, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that that was it. That was his tiny little made-up life. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the bio
0: that's autobiography. My tiny little life. Matt, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thank you. And height. <laughs> Before we move on, listeners. Uh, hey. Did you know that reviewing uh, this podcast on iTunes or whatever podcast service you use is really helpful? Yep. Uh, because it is. Didn't know if you knew that. Uh, written reviews
2: uh, help us put more butts in the seats. And it doesn't matter what you write. You can write anything you want. Just leave a five-star review and just write, slinging his run," And that's the whole <laughs> review.
0: Yes, you can write that. And like, yes, you're right. Doesn't matter <laughs> if I if I wake up to twenty slinging his run five star <laughs> reviews though <laughs> I might just walk off a cliff.
2: <laughs> so definitely get at least twenty. Tonight. <laughs> oh yeah. wow! Okay.
0: Um, also, you can always uh, reach us to ask us a question or leave us a comment at revisionistpodcast dot com uh, or on facebook twitter or instagram uh just search revisionist podcast it's this one not the malcolm gladwell one <laughs> uh, that's our fucking slogan yeah not the malcolm um,
2: gladwell one we also had that other slogan i mentioned earlier in the podcast oh yeah big up stalin that's our other slogan. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. we gotta stop brainstorming slogans on the air
2: <laughs>
0: Meet you, you at also the crossroads. Leave,
2: uh, you can put that in the review, too. You can write a review that says Big Up Stalin. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, why not? Um, I always tell people what to write in the reviews, and we never get any, but it would be fun. I wish we did, because sometimes I wish people would write what I tell them to write in the reviews, and I could look back years later no, and every not know why one. review would...
0: we ever get is like, Honest praise and feedback, and not any any of the crazy shit that comes out. Wouldn't it be fun
2: if every week when I told people what to write, at least one person wrote it in the review, and then we could look back over the years and see like fucking whatever crazy shit we talked about that we do not remember?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good, yeah, it's like a fucking time capsule,
2: yeah. Um,
0: We're just burying it in our ears, Uh, anyway um zach uh, little women modern audio drama is wrapping up uh, Yeah, so after the
2: final scripted episode of little women a modern audio drama which is written and produced and directed by uh former guest and my current girlfriend Shannon camp uh and is available on itunes The last scripted episode just came out uh i'm in that show i play the laurie character um you can find it wherever podcasts are. There's a few more bonus episodes still coming out, uh, a few more than she even intended, just because it's quarantine times. So she thought, well, might as well make a couple extras. Nice. Um, yeah. So you can hear the whole thing as of as of now. The entire scripted section of the of the podcast is available. You can go through the whole thing. So uh, awesome. Do so if you want.
0: Cool. Um, as for Matt and myself, there's not a lot of comedy happening right now. Uh, you can always find me on social media, but also, Hey, give blood uh, if you can. And uh, friend of the show, Megan DePonso and Jeremy Peicher, their restaurant wide, right? Uh, is collecting donations to uh, send meal kits to people who need them right now. Um, you can find more information on their Facebook. Just search uh, wide, right? Denver. Uh, About how you can give or if you are listening to this and are in the area and are in need, uh, how you can get a meal kit uh, for yourself and your family.
2: It's a really serious, uh, important thing. So we are suggesting like. Obviously. Normally you'd give as much money as you could to our Patreon, give us five dollars (laughs) less and send that five dollars to get meal kits delivered but still give us the money first. If you can't afford $5 then just give to us.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, like tithing. Yeah. But if you have It's very Catholic apparently.
2: Yeah, <laughs> if you if you can afford to give us $10, we'll accept 5 and you can give the other 5 to a I don't charity. think we
0: even take $10 options on our Patreon. Uh, um but uh, judgment uh, falls to me this episode um which Yuri Gagarin's life was very exciting on its own. Matt, you alluded to this. Um, I liked a lot of the details and a lot of the um, the sort of punk rock, fuck you energy uh, he broke out in the alternate.
2: It is, However, it along the way... Do, it's unfortunate that uh, the story about him jumping off a balcony to escape being found cheating didn't make its way...
1: yeah i guess that that still happened not usually
2: our policy is if you don't mention a part of the true history we assume it still happened
1: yeah
0: yeah that's generally our policy um along the way though there were some of the most upsetting phrases i've ever heard (laughs) (laughs) so sing my single vote uh will go to the actual history but listeners uh, the voting is now open uh on Patreon if you uh are a supporter. And uh check out our Instagram next Wednesday. That'll be Wednesday April the Twenty second? F- I wanna say twenty second? Twenty-ninth. Twenty ninth uh for the Instagram poll, which is something I should have looked up earlier. Uh but Matt, thank you so much for joining us. That you was so, thank you. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Zach, hey, yeah. thank you as always.
2: Uh, yep, of course.
0: Uh for everyone here at the revisionists, I'm Brian flynn I'm Zach Powers. Have a good time.